0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to give you topics and guests that will empower you to take your business or your life to the next level and my guest today is Davina Ware and let me tell you a little bit about Davina Ware. So Davina is a career transition coach, marketing professional and founder of Upwardly Paved Path Career Coaching. She helps professionals get out of their own way to transition into careers of authority that utilize their gifts and talents. Through the latest career transitions principles, personal uh, branding and personal development, she leads her clients to find fulfillment in their next career move. I chose for this theme of the episode to be three components of building an irresistible brand. Please join me in welcoming Davina Ware. Welcome, Davina. Thanks for having me. Well, I just love going through some of your podcast visits and and your YouTube and different uh, social media. You have such energy. I loved all of your energy and your smile, and I just had to have you on. So I start with easy question for my guest always. Where do you live?
2: I hail from the planet of Chicago.
1: Ah, (laughs) So in this week you are my second Chicago in. Oh,
2: how fun. Yeah. It's and, um, and bless you in the winter.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Although we can't complain, it's been very mild. And no, the first, first yeah. time
1: I ever went to Chicago was in the summer and I thought, oh my God, this is like going to the ocean at the, you know, the Lake yes. Erie or whatever. <laughs> yes. And then I went there in the winter and went, oh my goodness, this wind, this cold, this snow. Exactly. You got both (laughs) extremes. You do. You You do. So if you're buying a house in the summer, just beware. (laughs) Exactly. Make sure you have a garage. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this. What are the three components of building an irresistible brand?
2: You know, branding is my shtick. I see branding everywhere I go and everything I do. And I make it a point to help my clients and to help leaders especially understand themselves as a brand. I always say that we are walking billboards for ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether we're actually paying attention to that or not. So the best thing you can do is be intentional about how you're showing up. So those three components are presentation, messaging and positioning when it presentation. comes to presentation, yeah That's it.
1: Presentation. let's say that again <laughs> presentation messaging and positioning
2: exactly yes when it comes to presentation this is the visuals how do you mm-hmm. show up um, what are the things visually about you that people can remember that let them know that you're trustworthy, mm. that gives an impression that you want to give off in terms of what outcomes that you produce for people. So it's it's an emotional attachment, uh, surprisingly, how you show up physically. Mm. Of course, you want to be most authentic to yourself, but at the same time, it should be, be done in excellence. And mm. the, the best way that you could show up Period to build that trust and emotional attachment. That's the best way uh, for you to do that.
1: yeah. So two,
2: yeah uh, messaging is all about what do, you, why you, mm-hmm. what makes you different from anyone else in your field, from anyone else in your age group, anyone else with your skill set. Why you? So it's important, one, and not surprisingly, I found that most people don't realize or they're not able to articulate what makes them great, Mm -hmm. what problems they solve. They can't uh, express it in that quick elevator pitch or in networking sessions to give the high level key points, key takeaways. You should at least have three of things people should remember you by when they first Mm -hmm. meet you, something quick and to the point. And then the last P positioning is the differentiator. So we talked about your, with, this is what I do. This is how I help folks. Right. But the position thing is who do you serve and why? So if you are a marketer with what field, what do you have the most experience in? Are you a marketer in education? Are you a marketer in fashion? Mm-hmm. And then what makes you different about how you do your marketing? So is it empathy, which I'm using myself, obviously, as an example, but it's my superpower. Yeah, what I always say it's because I, I literally get in a boat with you to help you roll, roll to the other side or whatever mm-hmm. uh, problem or solution that you're looking for, that's what makes my marketing or my way of doing that different. So all of those three components help you to build a package that allows people to immediately see, okay, we go to this person for X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and we know what we can expect these results. We know that they're a performer in this.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of times that what you said about when people come to you and they are that expert in the field and and the reason being the expert, they sometimes forget that not everyone is. <laughs> and so to try to articulate how they serve that pain. They have to think back when they weren't or, you know, Google other people that have that pain so they can get the words that they don't realize any longer. You know, it's, you know, how, for me, as I help people get comfortable in speaking, I have to think back way back when, when I didn't want to talk to anyone, you know, I just sat back in the corner. And, and remember how that felt. And as you said, bring in that empathy and that message. So purpose messaging and positions. Awesome. So what are your thoughts on career transition and, and, and on your, you know, as you transitioned from where you were to where you are now, and how did that help you be more helpful to others in their own journey?
2: I love this question because I'm a person that doesn't like, like to waste things, including my time. <laughs> and so I graduated from college at the height of the housing market crash. Oh, nice. 2000, yep, 2008. So that shifted things very quickly for me. And as a result, maybe some ideas that we had about what kind of jobs were available to us at that point. They, they were squashed a little bit, but some mm-hmm. of it was due to what was happening with the economy. But some of it was just because I didn't have people to give me realistic conversations of how to think about my career as a ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to, wow, I'm just going to obtain this great job and I'm going to love, love everyone and I'm going to do what I get to do or what I want to do. And that wasn't happening. I spent oh, almost 10 years trying different things and ending up miserable in six months mm-hmm. at a job and then i couldn't talk to you know my parents of the generation x uh generation because they were like well yeah you can do this for another 40 years and then you can retire <laughs> and the thought of that depressed me <laughs> and um i was trying to figure out what to do with that space of well i have i'm I'm developing these skills but i have this degree But I don't, I don't know what's missing. What's the missing link for me to be in an environment where I'm being cultivated, Mm -hmm. an environment where I want to invest my skills and talents and where it's not impeding on my personal life. So kind of knocking my head around for 10 years, I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And my pastor said to me once, your struggle should be someone else's shortcut. And it was like Mm -hmm. a light bulb that went off that it wasn't a sense of, oh, I'm just making all these wrong decisions. That was my purpose path of understanding what happens when we don't have an idea of what our purpose is, what our brand is. And we're just applying for stuff because A, we need a job. B, we want to be a functional member of society. C, there's some things we want to buy and things we want to do. We have to look beyond that in order to be placed somewhere where, you can be appreciated. We are excited to wake up every day. And it's more than just inputs and outputs. So after running into, into all these dead ends, I started to take an aerial view and look at this as a sharpening tool. What can mm. I learn from this? Not only that, but what are my gifts? That was one really great thing about transitioning uh, from different jobs. I try different industries I left marketing completely and went into student advising but there was a thread weaved through it all which it was still sharpening my gift of like public speaking so after realizing that I had to take what I was learning and say how can I be someone else's shortcut it is through the speaking but it's also by developing systems and structures and um foresight Mm-hmm. to To help people take a shorter path. Everyone doesn't have to learn the hard way. So even though it was the hard way for me, it, it was a purpose path. So now I can direct people to the right place so that corporate is not this big, scary monster that it is now.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I, you know, I'm past corporate in two different companies and, and that, worked out to be about 30 years and but the great thing is especially at my final company that I was with was that you go in and and even when I hired people I looked at their resume I looked more about their what they did for free (laughs) you know volunteering Mm. and their service attitude and then because I thought I could teach you any of these things and the great thing about a big company is that you can grow and do 25 different jobs in 25 years in that company and become really versatile you know and maybe you don't want to spend 25 years there but you can spend five years and, and do five different jobs or three different jobs and go to another company more valuable than you started so I think that's something that I would always encourage people is to not look at I'm going to be this for the rest of my life. But as you said, you know, try things, fail, learn, go on. So good advice. What are the to-dos and don'ts of conducting a successful interview? So I just talked about how I interview people. I'd love to hear what you think about the do's and the don'ts.
2: One thing I love that you said is that you looked for the service part of it. What do you do for free? And how much space does that person allow to do that? That's really key. I don't think people are aware of how they show up. So if you're in a a state of frustration because you've been applying for jobs for six months and you haven't found anything yet, people tend to show up. Uh, Mm -hmm. through that that lens and they don't realize that other people can see that so I think the first thing taking a little step back is think about your whole career path and Mm -hmm. think about how this is a sharpening mechanism what whatever happens at this place whether you're meant to be there for a year or, or 20 years this is an opportunity to sharpen your craft to meet great people and to be under the tutelage of possibly some great leadership. So when you walk into it with that sense, with that heart, you're a lot more open-minded and a lot more pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the dudes I would say, and this one was, you would think, okay, yes, everybody knows this, but become but- a <laughs> with the company. Some people apply or They do what I call pray and spray, which is they apply for 40 jobs in a week just by law of averages. Okay, I'm going to get X amount back. And so they don't really take the time or have the time to research the Mm -hmm. mission, vision, and values of the company. Yes, because they're going to ask you in the interview, but also you should know whether this aligns with your own personal values. Mm Is you show up more authentically and you're more excited about the company and you have more things to talk about when you have some synergy, when mm-hmm. you relate to what they have going on. The other thing I would say is know what your solution is. So going back to the branding piece, what do you do exceptionally well that can help solve a problem? Right. Um oftentimes professionals, they they need a job and they think of how I can plug into this culture, but they're hiring because the company needs to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? So thinking of yourself as a problem solver, not just for the company, but even think about what's happening in, in, in that industry. If you're applying in construction, what's happening in construction right now? We know that even some of the residual effects of the pandemic are the Mm -hmm. high prices of materials. Mm -hmm. So have an idea of that as you go in there so you can say, well, I would imagine that this role can contribute to lessening the effects or the impacts of this by X. Mm -hmm. Now it's less of a transactional interview and more of a conversation. We have common ground (laughs) at this point, To talk about things. And yeah. the other thing, it's a very small thing, but it's such a missed opportunity is to have questions prepared. Mm-hmm. Every interviewer, is, do you have questions? And most folks are like, no, I'm good. And they maybe think that it's, it's humble to do that or they don't want to ruffle any feathers. But if you want to work here and we just had this conversation, you should want to know something, too. This is a two-way interview. The company is interviewing you but you're also interviewing them to find out, does this make sense on my career ladder? Does this make sense for who I am as a person Mm -hmm. behaviorally? Does this meet my own personal motivations? Does it make sense for that? Uh, So that you can determine, hey, even if they give me an offer, I think maybe six months from now I would burn out or there would be a, a rub or something. So definitely ask questions. For the don'ts, one of them I already mentioned Don't send a whole bunch of applications and then you get callbacks. And and I'm saying this because I've been guilty of it. Where you get a call and someone says, hi, I'm the hiring manager from this company. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't even remember who they are. (laughs) Right? So now you're feverishly digging through your emails, trying to search for, okay, yes. All right. That's the company. Or you might not. And, you, and so you might respond to some things thinking it's another company. So slow down a bit, be very intentional and focused so that you're playing in the same field that you're driving on the same lane as you're looking for jobs. Um, the other thing I would say not to do is in answering a question, and I'm also, most of the time, everything you see or hear from me is because I've, I've done it, I've tripped, I I've messed up. And I've gotten back up like, oh, okay, that's not the way to do it. Um, The question of, um, you know, what are your weaknesses or what could you do better? Some people say very vague things of, oh, well, I I just, I work too hard. I work a lot. And it's very inauthentic. And most managers are like, oh, okay, here we go. Another person. Who you know is using I'm a hard worker as a weakness. Be very honest yeah. about that, but pick something that you're working at. So one of mine used to be delegation, just because it for me it's easier to just say, D- right, H- I'll just do it myself, right? <laughs> but I really I'm also a person, like I said to you before. I don't like to waste things, especially my time. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much time I've wasted or how many more things I could have gotten done if I had just invited somebody to the party. So it's being Mm -hmm. very honest, but being confident in your weaknesses. I think people are afraid that if they show any kind of weakness, that means that they're not hireable. But no, we're all human beings. But if you can be confident to say, hey, I need a little help here but this is how I'm doing it. And I'm still a really great candidate for this position. So be authentic about yeah. that. Don't, you know. You know,
1: especially, you know, if you can demonstrate or, or relay in that conversation that, you know, I, I'm working on this and this is the progress I made, but it, it shows that you're willing to take the time and, and open to mentoring <laughs> and coaching Um, you don't want somebody that's going to kind of come in and rock the boat and be obstinate or whatever. It's like, nobody wants to work with that person. That's key. Right. People don't think
2: about that. They think of, Oh, I want to be the best I can be. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you, it's you as part of a team. Yeah. 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 And, and no leader wants to hire someone that's going to disturb the flow.
1: And it's funny. One of the things that you said for the don't, And I was taking it from the interview to social media. So if you take a walk with me on this journey, because in social media, it is almost like your first application to a job. And so how you show up on social media is key. And, you know, we, and again, you and I are probably both guilty of this. We invite people to become friends with us on social media or um connect with them in like linkedin and how often do we write down a little bit about them and save that somewhere you know as as you would in a business contact file so that when that person does connect with you and ask you how why, why'd you connect with me <laughs> it, it yes. doesn't sound like i only did it because i was just clicking away or i only did it because you sound it, it's somebody that i think i could sell to that's not right. going to make them feel um, that they'd know like or trust you so i think that was really good advice to take it on that other side of the hiring world is you know how you show up on social media
2: oh it, absolutely and i'll tell you when i've interviewed people and they are reading off to me what's on my linkedin profile i'm impressed Uh, Even if they don't have all of the details correct. So I had someone that um, I think mentioned something I had done years before. They would not necessarily know that I was doing this thing or not doing it any longer, but they went to my website. They checked out other things. Just the fact that you took the time Mm -hmm. to know a little bit about me so that we could have a a more familiar conversation. It kind of... um, broke the barrier a yeah. little bit. So that that very small thing uh, can put you light years a- ahead. It's always impressive to me when people have done even a little monochrome of research.
1: And, and that does show, because in our jobs, a lot of times we're tasked with problems that we don't have the immediate answer to. And so how committed are we to giving time to do the research, to, to know that it's not going to be the sexy thing to do in your job. It's not going to be immediately fulfilling maybe, but in the long run, it could put you ahead, right?
2: Yes. Excellent point. The little thing that people don't see initially and in our microwave society, it feels like such a, um, such, uh, antiquated thing to do or the antithesis of what we should be doing Mm -hmm. but taking that moment to step back and again do what's not being seen today Mm -hmm. it's like a slingshot and the more you pull back when it's time to release it's something that'll accelerate you by doing things like that a little bit of research Yeah. yeah so good
1: so what are the four pillars to achieve consistent success
2: so I have to back up a little bit uh, mm-hmm. as I'm talking about that as where that came from. Um, and so this is gonna be in the pillar one is defining success for yourself. <laughs> um, social media is is great. We get to learn new things, meet new people. I have even met family members uh, from like <laughs> ancestry and things like that. So it, it's been really great and a great tool, mm-hmm. but we have to take our eyes off of what the world is doing and say okay so where where did I get that from or why am I putting so much pressure on myself to reach Mm -hmm. this wrong we have to break that down and then we have to then build that back up to say okay from the inside out what do I deem as successful and removing and stripping away all of the different influences from our parents, from the media, from school. And school has a way of projecting onto us uh, standards of success, just because it's very linear. So you mm-hmm. reach this thing, you do this, you reach this thing, you do this, right? The the, the American dream uh, in a sense, but we've got a first, step back and determine what is success for mm-hmm. ourselves. Then from there we have to build new milestones. So okay, now I I realize what success isn't, but what is success for me? Mm-hmm. Um and then what are the milestones? As if you notice I'm always talking about things in terms of ladders. So the milestone for me to reach this. Does that let me know if I'm heading toward my goal mm-hmm. or am I staying the same? Am I going the wrong way? Right. So creating new milestones and goals on the ladder. And part of that is finding what is that peak, that ultimate thing that when you reach it, you can stand on top of your mountain, stick your flag in there and say, yes, that I am successful. But I also caution people from leaving a cap on it as we learn and grow and evolve as people, all of these things will change. Mm -hmm. Even from two years ago to now, what I consider success is different. It's not on a different ladder, but there are are some different rungs now or more rungs to do that. The third thing Mm -hmm. are the habits. We need the right habits in order to make sure we're hitting our milestones that we're on those rungs toward our goals. So there's some things we have to stop doing. Mm -hmm. There's some people we might have to lessen being around or keep them a little bit at arm's length Mm -hmm. um, and be true to ourselves. One of the things, no matter what your habit is, is to stop and be quiet. We've got to somehow get off of the rat race or the energy and the striving and the grinding to step off for a second and be very in tuned with you Mm -hmm. our bodies our minds give us direction and oftentimes we don't listen to it Mm -hmm. and especially if you you know believe in a higher power as i do you got to stop and listen to that Mm -hmm. before you keep going so part of that habit is getting into a habit of being quiet no matter where the race is going. And mm-hmm. one thing I always joke about being in Chicago is it's 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 super fast paced, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have two businesses, Chicago is like, well, why don't you have 11, right? So it's very easy to be on that cycle, but to step off for a second and really get clear before you take another step or maybe you have to pivot. That's one of the habits I definitely say you should have. And then the fourth thing is you need boundaries Mm -hmm. to protect everything you're doing in order to create good habits or what I call rhythm now, as opposed to routine, Mm -hmm. you know, most person that does well in structure, but if it's too structured, if any, there's so much out of our control that if we are so stuck in our routines, it'll break your world, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a good rhythm going, and as you're sharpening your habits, getting rid of things, uh, b- becoming better and other things you need the boundaries to protect all of that otherwise it'll all fall apart and often mm-hmm. so if it's um saying no to yourself if it if one of those habits is um thinking about your physical well-being you want to feel better you want to be here for a long time you want to inspire other people to be healthy well i can't go to crumble cookie every week And everything I'm saying to you is me telling on myself, by the way. I love it. (laughs) It may be, you know, something like that or I need to really focus on meal prep. Okay, well, that means I need to get off my computer at 5 p.m. It's a boundary that I've set so that I can grow in my habits so I can keep my mindset clear towards the goal and then have that energy to keep going. I could talk about boundaries for years because they're so important to keep all of the good stuff in that you're harvesting and cultivating and then allow the bad stuff out that maybe you've picked up along the way, including you know, negative thought patterns and people and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. yeah.
1: And and boundaries as you grow as you get to one success and then you push yourself out of your comfort zone to get to the next level those boundaries will change so the pivoting the flexibility yep. having your mindset where it needs to be to allow you not to stress out and go you know fearful of of doing that next step that is just natural for you that's right yes so share a little bit more about your personal and spiritual development used to launch your career
2: It came from the dark night of the soul. It came from saying to myself, I've done all the work, I've done the right things. I went to college, I went to grad school, I show up on time, I smile, I ask questions. Why do I continue to be in these spaces where I'm unseen, where I'm unheard, Mm -hmm. where I'm laughed at by management? I've had that before. And I've had to involve like HR to say uh, they are literally laughing at my ideas and visions for mm-hmm. being promoted. And it came to a point where I didn't, I found that I didn't laugh anymore. Things that I normally thought were funny and lighthearted. It was just like, mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. And when I re- realized that I knew I'm disconnected. Something isn't right. Yes, mm-hmm. all of these things around me are, are difficult. I can't continue on this road. So, one is looking to people that I trusted and looked up to, who were very true to themselves and very confident in themselves in life, no matter what life was throwing at them. I'm like, how? What is that? How do you? How do you get that? Or nothing bad must have ever happened to you before. So as I started to press into these relationships and I started to learn, no, oh, my world crashed yesterday, but you can't see it because I have such a confidence in myself and I have such a faith in God that I know it's, it's not for naught, but this is an opportunity to completely derail me or it's an opportunity to be my greatest stepping stone. So it reframed for me. The, the tough things that I was going through mm. and like I said I'm a person that doesn't like waste but it's it's to a fault it's to a fault I have to give myself some grace but it helped me look at all of the puzzle pieces that were not put together yet and to mm. say oh I just need to move this here oh well, let me move that there before you know it I had a flow and I mm-hmm. had a picture that made sense mm-hmm. so part of that was um I'm a very driven person, so it's easy for me to rely on myself, but I had to relinquish a little bit of control to say, I've done the best that I could do. I'm going to trust that the seeds that I've sown will harvest the, the good things that i planted. Right. And for now, I need to get some rest.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's very difficult for me. I'm just a highly productive person and I'm always trying to maximize time and all of that. But when you hit a wall, Mm -hmm. you can say, okay, well, I'm supposed to hit this wall. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time meditating. I'm going to exchange watching Netflix for listening to positive words or or listening to the word biblical truths. Mm -hmm. It's, if you've ever seen that analogy of people who take uh, like dirty water and they pour clean water in it until it pushes all of the dirty water out.
1: So good. Yes.
2: That's what I think of every day of that's what helped me to change my perspective and to transition into the place of purpose is because I wasn't filling myself up with bad TV. I I exchanged Mm -hmm. that time To fill myself up with the good things, with the pure things, with the joyful things, with the true things. And then I started to walk different or stuff that would rub me the wrong way for six months. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. for six days and then it got to be six hours and then I became more clear. So I think a lot of people think. They have this performance mindset of if I do everything right, if I if I color within the lines, I can minimize the bad things that happen to me to a degree. Sure. Cause and effect. But at the same time, we live in a a fallen world and Mm -hmm. we're all susceptible to change, to challenge, to chaos. But. And how you handle it is the indicator of how high you can rise above it, Mm -hmm. And so once I figured that out, it just made things a little bit more smooth for me and a lot more clear and a lot more trusting when, you know, I might be on a step. There's a book I think that's called Just Enough Light for the Step I'm On. Nice. And old Davina would have freaked out not knowing exactly where my next step is going to be. But today's Davina is like, this place isn't so bad and I'm sure there's really great things ahead of me on this next step, but let me clean this someone up a little bit. Let me appreciate being on this step right now and I'll look up and be four steps ahead and not even notice it. Cause I'm not paying attention to how uncomfortable I am right now, but I'm paying attention to how great the present is, no matter what's happening lately. It's almost mm-hmm. daily. I wake up and I say, Oh, 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 that doesn't bother me anymore. Oh, I I fixed the thing that I was thinking about six months ago. It's just, you just roll into Mm -hmm. all of your small wins and all of the steps that you take. At that point, it's not even steps anymore. You're gliding. You're just floating through at that point when you can appreciate Mm -hmm. the present, when you can give grace to your past and your past mistakes and you expect the best for the future. It's not even steps anymore. It's just, you just
1: glide you flow through no matter what's happening. That's the whole point of the don't sweat the small stuff, which there a, lot you of, go. a lot of people got to remember that. Right There you go. So I, um, it's time for rapid fire and I only got two because we've spent so much time, we could probably do another hour on this subject of the four pillars. So we'll have to have you back to do that for sure. Yes, please. So why is building a brand important, even if you are in the corporate world? And I know I talked a little bit about that earlier, but talk, you know, I think people think so much that I'm an entrepreneur and so I need to have a brand. But if you are just that employee in that biz in that company, you still need a brand.
2: Absolutely. People need to know what your solution is. People in your department, people in other departments, if you have goals for your career, if you want to grow, if you want to have a career of influence and authority, everyone should know what you bring, what results and solutions that that is, and the brand will help to show people who you are. For sure. So what's next for you in your journey? Don't laugh. So when you said that, the first thing that came up for me was like Tony Robbins, right? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly Tony Robbins and how he does things, but I could speak, teach, and coach all day. It could be five o'clock in the morning and it's the thing that gives me energy no matter what. So I'd like to get as many people, professionals, and leaders on purpose as possible. And mm. some of it is just unlocking these, these little things that have that they've picked up on the way and their thought patterns that could accelerate them to being in the greatest space of life, so if it's on a small scale, but I think teaching on a large scale is what's next for me
1: very good. We're very much along the same lines. I think yeah. that's what I loved about uh, your your whole um persona. So it is time now for me to share my screen. So I always say this to people, and maybe after my 200th show, people will remember that you should have your pencil and paper from the very beginning. But if you're just listening, maybe you're in the car, um, you should grab that paper and pencil, unless you're in the car. And then you can go to my YouTube and subscribe, and you'll get the show notes that will have this information I am going to show. Or you could go to my website and find it as well. And on this you see that Davina's website is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www dot upwardly paved path. So that's U-P-W-A-R-D-L-Y P-A-V-E-D. P-A-T-H dot com. Upwardly paved path She is on Facebook. book with upwardly paved path she's on linkedin by her name davina Ware. she's on instagram with upwardly paved path and you can find her on youtube with her name or upwardly paved path what does she have on her website well let me let davina tell you a little bit about that yes
2: i have all kinds of resources Um, i have a blog that i update pretty frequent frequently and I also have what's called the 90-Day Career Fix. It's my signature coaching program to get people out of stagnant jobs and into careers on purpose and half the time that it normally takes professionals to make a career change. So if you check that out, there is an opportunity for you to download a free 90 days to quit checklist. So you have everything you need to be able to leave with confidence and step into that new role of authority and influence.
1: Awesome. So thank you so much. We have gotten lots of good tips. We talked about three components, purpose, message, and position. We have the four pillars, what is success for us, milestones towards your goal, habits, the right ones, and being quiet, and then boundaries, um, rhythm versus routine. Awesome. Awesome great information. I also liked you talked about your struggle should be someone else's shortcut. And I always say that, you know, I I waited till I was 50 to figure out that I should do things the way my gut tells me to do things and it changed my leadership trajectory. And so when you said that the struggle is someone else's shortcut, I, I really believe that that is so very true. So it's been a joy to have you on my show today. I always remember or remind everyone to remember that life is a journey, and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Netling, signing off.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast with Vicki Netling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself.